Diamondbacks with a great win yesterday against the Chicago White Sox, a 7-2, I believe it was. Great outing from some young talent, but recently there's been a lot of talk about a former Diamondback who's on quite a historic pace, and we wanted to get an up-close and personal view of it. So I shot a text message to a good friend of mine, Katie Wu. She covers the St. Louis Cardinals for The Athletic, and she joins us now here on the program. Katie, how have you been? Mitch, what is up? Always fun to uh, semi. It feels like I'm returning to Arizona, even though I'm very far away, and then talk to sports with a fellow Sun Devil. It always feels good. Forks up, baby. Am I right? Exactly. There's no other way. All right. So I want to start with the... One guy who we didn't expect to be on a historic pace this season, but he is. Paul Goldschmidt on pace to win a triple crown and the MVP. What has it been like watching this up close? You know, it's funny because Paul Goldschmidt, is, as Diamondback fans obviously know, he's a very, he's very even keeled. Never too high, never too low. You never see him really show too much emotion, whether it's positive or negative. He is, and, and the best word, consistent and for him to be consistently excellent he's really kind of catapulted this cardinals team i mean you, you've mentioned it already he's in contention for the national league mvp award he could be or is at least making it interesting to see if he's the first national league triple crown winner since 1937 and he's somehow still on his own team i think underrated in terms of how much attention he's getting his production level and just how valuable he's been to the cardinals overall so Certainly fun to watch, um, but I, it's funny. We were talking to manager Ali Marmel on a Thursday when the Cardinals just wrapped up a series win over Chicago, and we asked Ali, you know, do you feel like Goldschmidt's a little bit underrated in terms of production and numbers he's been putting up? And he said, I certainly am not underrating him by any means. So he's at least valued by his manager and his teammates, and uh, I think that as the season goes on and we reach September, such a pivotal month for MLB, we'll continue to see Paul Goldschmidt uh, rise to the occasion. Now, Paul Goldschmidt's been an all-star seven times, but what people don't seem to realize is that six of them were in Arizona. He it, He's now in his fourth year in St. Louis. All-star, like you mentioned, could win the Triple Crown. At least it looks like he's heading that way. He might finally win his MVP award, which he's come close a bunch of times. Do Cardinals fans feel like they're finally getting the Paul Goldschmidt that they paid for four years ago? You know, I think Cardinals fans have actually felt that way all along. Uh, one thing about St. Louis is they're, you know, consistently in playoff contention or at least in the playoff conversation. For Goldschmidt to even continue at his age 34 season, be on pace for such a spectacular historic season, I think Cardinals fans are even more excited. You pair that with Nolan Arenado, who's been just as good, just as consistent, and the resurgence of Albert Pools, and I feel like Cardinals fans have feel like they've hit the lottery really from an offensive perspective but to answer your question no I think that they felt like they've gotten this Paul Goldschmidt all along and uh, now it's maybe I don't know the cherry on top of, of what they thought that that uh, acquisition was and certainly did not expect to see this kind of career season at 34 years old but they'll take it. Katie Wu she covers the St. Louis Cardinals for the Athletic joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line so you mentioned the other person who's on quite a historic chase to close out this season and it really took notice more so as of late and even here in Arizona. Personally, I just want to know, do you think that Albert Pujols will hit 700 before the year is done? You know, it's funny because if you asked me uh, around opening day, I would have said, oh, you know, it'd be a good story. But if you asked me, like, practicality-wise, I'd say no. And then about the All-Star break, when you you see the swing and you see the results not exactly coming to fruition, you'd be like, okay, you know, maybe, but probably not. And now I'm all in on the Chase of 700 because the second half tear that we've seen from Albert Pujols has been, and, and to put it simply, it's been legendary. I mean, the Cardinals won 
from an outside perspective, I think it's pretty easy or it'd be understandable to think when the Cardinals brought Albert back that it was a nostalgia-based signing. But the front office was adamant that they were going to be able to use him pretty similar to how the Dodgers used him in 2021 as the starting bat against left-handed pitching. And with the Universal DH, they thought they could really increase those appearances. And they have. I'm looking at Albert's numbers against left-handed pitching overall this season. Coming into Friday's game against Atlanta, he had the second-best OPS against left-handers. He's hitting 1.242, the only player hitting better than him against left-handed pitching in baseball this year. Well, that'd be his teammate, Paul Goldschmidt. So <laughs> watching him and his tear throughout the second half and to finish his historic, and to my opinion, first ballot Hall of Fame career, you know, I don't think that it could be scripted any better. Uh, it's been super exciting, and I would be quite shocked if he doesn't make it at least close to 700 in the final month of the season. I'm going to be honest with you, Katie. When the Cardinals were here in town facing the D-backs last week, I was cheering for Albert Pujols. Me too. He hit two homers off of Madison Bumgarner, and I did not care in the least. And that's that's strange for somebody who covers the Diamondbacks. I didn't want to do that, but, I mean, this is a, a tear... I, I'm hoping that he gets to 700. Do you feel every time that the Cardinals go on the road that the team that you're playing against is cheering for Albert? You know, in a way, yes. And I think that's what makes what Albert, Albert, right? I mean, baseball fans, whether they're in St. Louis, Phoenix, anywhere, really, maybe Cubs fans, maybe the only ones that are not, um, <laughs> yeah, they don't are, are able to, right? <laughs> but they're able to at least appreciate what they're seeing. I mean, this is a historic generational once in a lifetime player that they're witnessing being able to end his career in such a way that doesn't often happen. Usually when you bring back a player that means so much to an organization in their final year of their career, they can fade out, go and go away rather inauspiciously. But Albert has been a mainstay in that lineup. And you can sense even from the press box when Albert goes and steps up into the plate, you know, obviously you hear the stadium, you hear the ovation, the fans, but writers, they'll put their pens down. They'll close their laptops and we'll just watch just because you never know what you're going to see from Albert Pujols. And I think that's whether you're a Cardinals fan or not, something that transcends game regardless of fanhood. Katie Wu, she covers the St. Louis Cardinals for The Athletic, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. So correct me if I'm wrong. You traveled to Arizona this past week when the Cardinals were here, correct? I did not. Oh, you I did not. not. That was my one weekend off, and I apparently missed a lot. Ah, oh, shoot. But either way, I know that you cover the team close enough that you want to know enough about the opponent going in. And this Diamondbacks team this season, there wasn't a lot expected. I mean, they matched the lowest record in the league last year. But there's a lot of young talent that a lot of this fan base is excited about. So I w I'm curious, from an outsider's perspective, what was your knowledge of the team going into that weekend? And then what is your opinion of this Diamondbacks team now, three games having played them later? Well, it's interesting. You know, I grew up in California and obviously went to Arizona State, so I'm quite familiar with the NS West. But from an outsider's perspective, it is tough for me to get really excited about any team in that division because the Dodgers are just so continuously powerful. And right. it stands throughout their major league roster into their minor league roster. Really, it's quite amazing that they're able to sustain this level of consistency. And then you look a little bit down south to San Diego. To, to their credit, they have spent the money. They are clearly committed to winning. That execution hasn't always followed through. But those two teams are really hard to compete with when you're the Giants, the Rockies, and the D-backs. I will say early in the year, we had conversations with a couple of players and the Cardinals manager about how sneaky good the Diamondbacks pitching was in the first half. And now I think we're, we're uh, kind of switching the focus to how sneaky good Christian Walker is. Right. Um, which is probably not getting enough uh, conversation just based on where the Diamondbacks are in the standings this season. But that young talent is getting better. 
I wouldn't go out there and, and say, you know, this is a team to watch in 2023 quite yet based on their opponents. But they do have some young talent, like you mentioned, that's going to come on the rise. And the best thing about baseball, guys, as you know, things, stranger things have happened. So yes. for me, the Diamondbacks would be an interesting team to keep my eye on over the offseason to see if they make any upgrades. The farm system is certainly there. They'll just, they're just, I think, a couple pieces away from really being into contention. We're talking with Katie Wu, St. Louis Cardinals beat writer for The Athletic. Be careful how you answer this next question, Katie. If Paul okay. Goldschmidt wins the Triple Crown this year, wins the MVP, and then he's Hall of Fame eligible in a Uh-oh. couple of years, I know what's coming. which hat is he wearing? Oh, good question. I think it depends how he finishes his Cardinals career, right? I mean, his extension stands through a couple more seasons, and if he's certainly putting up the production, it'd be... For me, I would say if he, it depends on if he wins the World Series in St. Louis or not. Oh, that would be. Okay. If he doesn't win a World Series in St. Louis, I think it's more of a toss-up between the D-backs and and Cardinals. But if he wins a championship with the Cardinals, I think that's the hat he goes with. But it would also wouldn't surprise me if Paul Goldschmidt just did like no hat because he's just mm. so consistent, so uh, even keeled. I don't know. That's a great question, something to keep uh, your eye on. But I would agree that he's at least worthy of Hall of Fame consideration. I mean, I even remember when Goldschmidt was traded to St. Louis, and I can't remember who had 44 at the time. I think it was like Kyle Farnsworth. I don't even know. But he was very non-committal to the number when he switched, and we all just knew, oh, that's Paul Goldschmidt. He doesn't care. It doesn't bother him so much. Hey, Katie, I just wanted to throw it out there. Tyler Drake's going to be coming on in about 15 minutes or so, and we were having some memories of Dr. Reed's class when we were all just little scaps trying to learn how to write and read mostly for me so i was feeling pretty nostalgic setting up today's show and i really appreciate you taking the time to join us i saw that tyler drake was coming on after and i went to i threw it back right back to that same classroom the projects the conversations (laughs) good times i can't believe we haven't aged a bit since that class no definitely not katie (laughs) thanks so much i know how busy you are i really appreciate it Hey, guys, thanks so much. Enjoy your weekend. You too. That's Katie Wu. She covers the St. Louis Cardinals for The Athletic. I really liked her outsider's opinion of the Diamondbacks. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that everyone's starting to get the idea that the Diamondbacks are changing, that they're at a crossroads, that right now you're starting to see some of the young talent. I mean, how many great plays has Alec Thomas made in center field in the last couple months? yesterday. Yeah, just yesterday alone. (laughs) It's funny, I was scrolling through Twitter last night, right? I'm laying in bed and I'm scrolling through and there's a highlight of Alec Thomas. I'm like, I got to watch that. Mm-hmm. I click on it and I watch it. And I was like, wow, that was great. And then the next tweet is another highlight of Alec Thomas. And it just says another great catch by Alec Thomas. And I was like, well, I don't need to watch that. I just watched it. <laughs> and then somebody pointed it out to me. Like, no, that's a different play. It's a different one. And Dalton Varsho robbing a home run last night. Man, have I ever been more wrong about a catcher playing in right field?